away. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, it's Monday morning. We are back. Jared is in Brizzy. Woody's going to join us soon. He's just walking off the beach. Um, plenty of good football over the weekend, Jared. Uh, we threw the uh, we threw the challenge out there to our listeners on whether or not they could pick a perfect round. A few got close. It's really tightening up at the top of the leaderboard of the uh, the tipping comp. Sunday morning, I was a little concerned that I wouldn't. Have, I might have been buying not one or two, but maybe ten, 10 or twelve. Um, Little vouchers at Dan Murphy's, but um, the tipping god smiled on me. Maybe not some of the others, but there were plenty. Seven out of eight, Steve. So there were, yeah, plenty of action on the tipping comp table. It's really tightening up. Um, Vaughny and Pally at the top, and a few people chasing them down. It all started on Friday night. Uh, we sort of tipped it. Uh, you know, the Storm, outstanding record against the Broncos, um, and they were at home. Uh, some really, I, th- I think that's probably one of the poorest refereeing displays I've seen this year. Gee, there were some ordinary decisions both ways. Yeah, there was, absolutely. And it wasn't just the man uh, in the middle, it was also the guy adjudicating from the bunker. Um, absolute debacle, a mess, and a lot of focus post game. Uh, I think Bellamy and Kevin Walters had a fair bit to say. Uh, I, I would suggest that since after Thursday night there was a watering down over the weekend of uh, how they are going to react to hip drop tackles because Carrigan was sinned in for something that you know, just was accidental. It was not deliberate. It shouldn't have been a sin bin. Um, unlucky to have been a penalty. It, it changed the flow of the game. We ended up seeing four sin bins in the game, which you know was somewhat farcical. Um, uh, no try ruling that should have been a try. Uh, just the whole game. That, you you mean the penalty try? Well, no, oh. I mean the one right at the end where Coates scored. And yeah, was yeah. Back yep. for a supposed knock on. But that know, penalty um, try was that that was there's just no way in the, in in the world that was a penalty try. Well, three, four, five, six years ago, Steve, absolutely not. They never would have given that. They, it, w- it would have been seems- lucky to be a penalty four years ago. Well, it seems to have been a watering down now that you know they now give that as a penalty try. I think it was touch and go. I think there was a, a, a late push in his back. I think he was closest to the ball. Um, but yeah. But if you summarize, if you we... summarize uh, when it comes to penalty tries, the last the last thing that the referee or when I say refereeing, I'm talking the whole you know the whole. Um, the whole entity, like the bunker, you know, everybody that's looking at it, because it's not just the guy in the middle blowing the whistle, quite obviously. But, yeah, I mean, they have to be 150% certain that a try would have been scored. There is no way that you could say 
that they, there was that you know he was going to get to the ball and ground it. I agree, I agree. And what seems to have changed with the adjudication of this now is is he closest to the ball, mm. not actually. Um, you know, are they a hundred percent certain that he would have scored? So yeah, I, I mean, I think the key takeouts of the game were uh, the Broncos are somewhat unlucky. I actually took a fair bit out of that game in terms of the Broncos and their season to date performance. Um, for mine, it reconfirmed that they're uh, a top four side. Uh, yes, they were beaten, but they showed some some positives out of that and. Uh, they're going to aim up in the weeks to come. Whether Origin knocks them around and then the second half of the draw we've been touching on before. The Storm come away with a home win. Their uh, defence was good, nice and solid. Kept the Broncos to 16. Uh, they aimed up. I thought there were patches of their game which were much better. Hughes, as Bellamy touched on, his best game this season. Uh, Munster was good. Harry Grant was very good. Um couple of potential key injury issues for the Storm with um, Big Nelson, but um, good win for them. Yeah, I, I think um, my summary, Jared. I think I, I'm sort of with you. Broncos, you know, I've, I've been saying, you know, sort of loudly, I'm not 100% sure they are the real deal. There were definitely signs that there's improvement on that front. They, sh- they sh- definitely showed a lot of metal in that game against, uh, against the Storm with a, a couple of very unlucky sin bins. They're definitely going to be there or thereabouts if they can um, keep players on the field. That will be hard during Origin. Storm, I think the Storm, uh, you know, big improvement from the start of the year, but I think for them to go deep, they're really missing a bit of that X factor, aren't they? Like Nick Meaney at the back's playing excellent. Um, they really need Pappenhausen back. I, I think it's quite interesting just the rhetoric coming out of the Storm is, you know, there's, there's a little bit of talk that they, he might not play this year. Yeah, I don't know whether that's just being very conservative to water down everyone's expectations, but yeah, he's a freakish player, and you're right. Once he gets back and gets a little bit of game fitness and is ready to go, the guy is just absolutely electric, and certainly they do need him. Too bad injury, um, isn't it? Like We're going to be 12 weeks in next week. Uh, he's had full off-season and then 12 weeks into the comp, three months, and there's still no real sort of date that's uh, marked in the calendar for his comeback. Well, the other key one for the Broncos this week is, does Reynolds play? I mean, mm. he face-planted on his, and uh, landed on his the right side of his neck and shoulder and had a, uh, a an injury out of that, didn't return. You'd think he's there's no suggestions chance, that, Well, yeah, the suggestions are that he won't play. Well, that's the, if that's the case, they play the Panthers this week to open around Thursday night at home in Brisbane, surprise there. Uh, but with no Reynolds, that makes it very interesting. Mm. Yeah, they might be in for a, 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 tough, a couple of uh, tough weeks. I mean, no Reynolds, they're a very different side. His direction and kicking game really takes them to the next level. Uh, we rolled into the uh, the Warriors. It's good to see them bounce back, uh, beat the Bulldogs away. Um, it's a different Warriors side, isn't it? Well, they've had a tough run. Had a tough run. He's just a very good coach, this guy. You had them right. They had some key outs. You know, they were weakened here. The market was only one point between them. They were in control of this game all the way through. I thought they played with a lot of attitude, a lot of uh, uh, just a steely uh, fierceness around wanting to make sure that they won. Uh, Johnson was outstanding, some of his kicking game. They were very good in the middle. It was a good, good win, come away with a good result. 
uh, into Friday night. Definitely not a good result for the Roosters. Um, that was my upset for the weekend. Gee, how wrong could have I been? They well, it was were my, poor. Mine, mine too. And you know, I, I expected the five and a half put the Roosters in the game here because I expected it to be a tight arm wrestle. Well, you know, it was an absolute disaster. Forty-eight to four. Uh, 24 points in each half, absolutely um, pulled apart, pulled apart. Uh, Luai, outstanding. Um, you know, the Roosters, we go back three or four weeks ago, they had some massive edges on their left edge in defence. Uh, they did some tweaks. Now, one of those tweaks was moving Suwali to the other edge, and that was the edge that then this week, uh, Luai and Sorensen pulled apart. I had a few uh, Absolutely. Absolutely had a picnic down that edge, um, carved them up. Um, major issues in terms of attitude for all the little stuff for the Roosters. I'm not sure if they get themselves balanced up and back. We're 12 weeks into the season. You know, they're just dropping oh, further too, down the table. He's too good a coach. I'm going to back. I'm going to back Trent Robinson to turn them around somehow. I mean, that's a long way back. They've they're definitely down on confidence. I think one we we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. Jared, I, I just, he can't, I don't think he can persevere with having that young kid in the centres because his, de- his defensive reads are really, really ordinary, which you understand of a 19 or a 20-year-old. He's not a, he hasn't played 100 NRL games, but I think he's got to move him back to the wing. I agree totally. I, I, he's certainly a winger, and that, that's where they need to play. Um, I thought Billy Smith was good. I mean, I think that he's got to move Manu back. But to it looks centers. like... Yes, but it looks like Sam Walker's now out for three or four weeks. Well, he's walking around in a knee brace. <laughs> so uh, clearly that's an issue, and that would mean that Manu stays there. So whether he then brings in uh, Momorowski uh, and patches up what he does in the centres, good to see Billy Smith back. I thought he. Uh, I think the one there that, that slots in quite well, and uh, I think he's injured at the moment, is, is Hutchison. Like, I'd probably be more, you know, I'd, I'd have him somewhere in the mix there. Well, I'm not sure he's a centre, though. I mean, when it, when he's a centre and he's on uh, the open side, he gets caught out mm. positionally a lot. But, you know, this is all about the Panthers. You know, that was a very good win. Oh, very to, good. To rack, rack up the points that they did. Some key players playing in some uh, quality form. They finally get some strike back on the edge with Sorensen on that edge. Uh, Liam Martin back. Uh, they'll get better by the week uh, with those guys in that sort of form. Origin's going to knock them around, but it's going to knock each of these key contenders around. And, you know, for the Roosters, when they're trying to get wins back and trying to get some form going, Origin's also going to be a major disruption for them as well. Yeah, gee, I mean, you really have to take your hat off to uh, to the club and Ivan Cleary. Um, they've lost a lot of players in the last three years. They've been in three consecutive grand finals. You would think that they're going to be in the mix somewhere um, at the end of the year if they can keep players on the park. Um New additions to the side that have slotted in seamlessly, it would imagine. Uh, well, and what they're, imagine what, that they're playing good football. 100%. And what they've done with their pathways and development in keep having the next generation coming through, putting pressure on, when they step up and into first grade, they're playing good they're football. They're ready, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, don't have to spend too much time talking about the Rabbitohs and the, the Tigers, but I, I, they, the Tigers showed some resolve there till, you know... Not long after half time, it was a bit of a bit of a slog for the rabbits. Yeah, it was. I mean, uh, I question, you know, whether this was a little bit of a letdown position for the rabbits that they'd win. Whether they won by twenty was the key question mark. Well, that's where they ended up. 
six nil at half time. Bit of an arm wrestle, just a little bit too much class when it mattered. They went on with the win. I don't think there's anything else to see here. The, the Tigers actually had quite a bit of field position and ball and just uh, couldn't break them. And that's the key thing about the Rabbitohs. They're sitting second on the table for defence. It's really improved this season. They're only averaging something like 14 or 15 points a week. They're very difficult to get through. And if we go back through that form line of the last five or six weeks when they've been winning and winning against good sides, they've also not been conceding points. Yeah, they, uh, they're the, I think they're the benchmark at the moment. Well, and big news now this morning, Stephen, with the announcement out of the storm, Roy Masters has broken the story that Bellamy has recommitted to coach next year. And uh, interesting comment from Roy along the lines that um, having talked to a lot of people and friends over the last couple of weeks about retirement, that you're a long time retired. So he's decided to go again. He is enjoying it. He said he's you know almost come 360 on where he thought he was going back a couple of months ago. But that in terms of the coaching landscape at the moment, puts a cat amongst the pigeons because we know that the St George board are meeting tomorrow. Hornby has been uh, seen as the the current favourite to get that job, um, but Rolls has been in the mix. Uh, question mark over whether he might have been in contention for the role at the Storm next year, which we thought he was. Uh, that would now be postponed for at least another 12 months, and it's not confirmed whether Bellamy... Uh, then retires, he may well go around again, which he continues to have done over recent seasons. So Riles, I guess, has got to make a decision about where he wants to push and what might be an option. So interesting board meeting for the Dragons tomorrow. Yeah, I reckon this really opens it up, Jared. I think um, Bellamy making that decision, it would uh, appear prior that Hornby was the P for the pod. Um, because Riles was obviously being earmarked, um, you know, if Bellamy moved on to be down at the Storm. And, you know, Matt Tripp, the owner, had made, had, you know, made that quite clear that they would definitely uh, sit down with Riles and, you know, step things up. Uh, his manager had been down in Melbourne to, to catch, up with, um, catch up with the Storm hierarchy. That hasn't rolled out. And I think if, uh, you know, if Bellamy's going these contracts from, you know, one year to one year to one year and... He's done a big turn, you know, because, I mean, well, it was probably towards the end of last year, he was pretty clear that this was, this was his last year. So, I don't know. If I was Jason Ryle sitting there and I want to coach at the top and there's a job at the Dragons where I know he hasn't been in the, uh, hasn't been in the mix there since he was a player, so he's been a long time removed, but he, he does understand how, the, you know, how it all works there. He's a junior. He lives down there. Um, you'd have to think that, the Dragons would be mad not to step it up and try and convince him well, to uh, move. Another thing in his favour is that he did have that meeting with them on Monday yeah, a week ago. True, true. That meeting was more about setting the club up with the right structure and um, coaching uh, process uh, from top to bottom all the way through the joint. As what, so was that more just sort of sounding him out? Like on uh, what would you do? Yes, and how, how do you think we should make sure the club is set up properly? So that, what they were trying to do is tap into his experience of having been in the system at the Storm and seen how well they structure from top to bottom all the way through. 
what they do with their football manager, with their recruitment manager, with their pathways, with their coaching structure, with their GM of football, all those sorts of roles. The fact that he's then had time working with Eddie Jones and how he structures his approach and that he's now been in the Roosters system mm. for a number of years and had a look at that. So as I understand it, they were tapping into that as opposed to it being um, a direct interview for this particular role because I think everybody acknowledged going into that discussion that um, he was probably still keen on a potential role at the Storm. That's clearly all now changed. So whether they try and reignite that today um, and bring that forward uh, to some formal interviews this week, I guess we'll just wait and see and watch this space. Um, I'm sure should he end up with the role that there's a way of an amicable parting if he gives the right notice from the Roosters. The other thing that Rolls is going to know, as with Hornby, is uh, he understands the depth and quality of juniors that are coming out of the Illawarra region. Um, as I've touched on previously, you know they've got some good quality kids coming through this year into next year and the year beyond that they have high hopes for. And unfortunately, there's a couple that have already left that hook didn't rate highly and or have retained. Uh, so Riles knows all of that. So I think the Dragons' job is far more attractive than it looks at the moment because of that. So very interesting. Uh, if you were the CEO, um, and maybe you should be because the board and the CEO, they haven't really been working uh, in unison, um, who would you employ now knowing that Bellamy's staying? Would you step it up with Riles or would you sign Hornby? Uh, I'd put them both through a pretty thorough interview process and then make a decision. I think they actually both put their hands up as candidates. If I had to get off the fence, I'd go with Riles. Um, I think the fact that he's um, had a couple more years coaching, he's been in three very good systems. Uh, but those that have been involved, I believe, in the interviews with Hornby have been very impressed. He also has a bit of a sharp edge around him. Um, he's uh, black and white doesn't sugarcoat the message. Um, so, but it, he's got a couple of very strong supporters on the board, Ben Hornby. So, a uh, very interesting couple of days to unfold. Righto. Well, if we move down to the uh, down to the capital, the Raiders, uh, they've strung five in a row now. Uh, we've been critical of their setup. Um, Ricky's turned it around, so we've seen some really good coaching there, especially after the uh, Jackie Boy news that he was moving on and he's obviously unified the group. They're, they're definitely playing for a lot of spirit and they're playing some good footy. I know they've been uh, on the end of a, you know what, what you would say is probably a soft draw, which you highlighted at the start of the year, but a really good win over, over Parramatta, who are big time struggling. Yeah, I think that's the key here. You know, they've won um, their last five now. Uh, but, you know, let, let's be fair... Um, Realistically, the biggest win of that, which was a high-quality win, was the one over the Broncos in, in Brisbane. They are favoured by a very nice draw at the present moment. They were very good. It was a home game. It was Old Boys Weekend. Their record on Old Boys Weekend is outstanding. I thought they aimed up. I thought they played uh, with a lot of grunt, a lot of attitude, a lot of enthusiasm. They were very positive. Uh, Eels came back at them a little bit into the second half, but they were strong to the line get another winnable game this week when they play again at home against the Eagles, who are really struggling, and we'll touch on them in a moment, uh, and their favourites. So, again, market expectation that they could win that. 
They're into the top eight now on the table. They do get this nice draw through the coming weeks. If they can keep picking up wins, well, uh, you know, they can cement that position in the, in the top eight. And, you know, with that softer draw into the back half of the season, they can build some confidence. They probably won't lose too many to Origin too, I wouldn't think. No, you'd expect uh, Papali um, and, uh, you know, possibly one or two others, but no... Uh, you know, White and Clearly is going to play through. That's going to be an advantage to them. I think, you know, Clearly White wants to go out on a strong note. I mean, are they going to compete with the top four teams at the top of the table later in the season? I question that. I don't think they're as strong. And I think the quality of form has been um, fluffed up a little bit with the, the weakness of their draw. But, uh, you know, you keep winning, you build confidence. If you're not picking up injuries, well, you can pick up combination. Uh, have you got a? Have you put the line through the eels? Well, I did that at the start of the year. I backed them <laughs> to Mister Eight. Yeah, right. We'll keep that quiet from Wally Wynn. I know uh, Woody hopefully will be back on Thursday. He's been very busy with his coaching. Uh, well, actually, both our panelists, Woody and Berwick, have both been very busy with their coaching. Um, so we'll see if we can round those two up for Thursday, but uh, and we'll touch on how uh, despondent Wally Wynn is as a as a number one Parramatta ambassador. But it looks like it's a hard road ahead for them, and they're and they're actually going to run into um, again. They've got a very very difficult draw, haven't they? Well, I have, and you know, I made them a bet at the start of the season to miss the top eight at two dollars twenty purely because they had you know some key changes to their list in the off-season I thought really weakened them on the back of making the grand final last last year and then a really difficult draw and um, you know that both things combined uh, keep adding up against them you know again they leaked 26 points last week they leaked 26 you know defensively that's been an issue you've got another very tough game this week where they play the rabbits at Homebush uh, top of the you know top of the table team in some great form playing for their Indigenous round. You're not telling me the Rabbits won't live for that. So, uh, yeah, I think the Eels are struggling and I think they're a significant risk. I can't see them making the eight. Right now they sit in 14. I think they've got a little bit of list rebuilding to do. They're hanging in there. Uh, the Knights, uh, they're really hanging in there. Um, a really good win over the Titans. I mean, Titans led at half time. I wouldn't say they had the game in, you know, under control. Um, but a pretty sublime performance by Kalen Ponga. Um, Beric, has met, Beric was down there uh, last week. He mentioned the amount of work that he'd, he'd put in since he uh, returned from Canada. Um, it was there for everybody to see as he sort of, as you know, as the game went longer, he just got more and more confident. Um, obviously running the ball, that uh, really good kick uh, for, uh, for Frizzy when he went to the line. Hard to defend that sort of stuff, and um, they were just uh, too good in the second half, 46-26. Is Ponga the yeah. – I mean, is he going to be the fullback you would think for State of Origin, or is Reese Welsh oh. going to get the nod? No, no, no. Ponga will be the Ponga? man. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And especially off confirming yesterday how he's back. Yeah, it's great to see. The guy's a talent. We know he's, a, he's one of those rare talents, and in this game we want to see the best of the best playing – at their best because it means that we're seeing really good quality footy every week. His second half was outstanding, as you touched on. Jeez, it was good sort to watch of a tr- like that, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, lovely draw, fade. You know, he, he left the, the fullback uh, inside out. Um, but some of the general play in that second half was also outstanding. He'll take a lot of confidence out of that. 
He's so instrumental to what happens for the Knights. Big bounce back for them. And, you know, they came out at half time. There was only two points difference between them. They were sort of going a try for a try each through the first half and then they put four tries back to back, take the game completely away from the Titans and do it at home on a Sunday in front of a, a big crowd that'll be very good for their membership, be very good for their future home ground sales. Um, and a, a lovely way for them to bounce back. You know, they were spanked the week prior to the bye. I think they probably had their eyes on the bye to uh, now respond with that win at home. Uh, a key result for them. Yeah, um, gee, it's a pity the Titans just can't sharpen up their defence because there's absolutely no doubt they can attack. But, gee, they leaked some some really easy points. It was, it was sort of quite weird in that second half. It was just try for try, wasn't it? Well, it was, and and you know, there's this inconsistency of uh, of attitude, and you know, you sort of go to sleep. Um, you know, you, you just need one or two guys just to drop off a little, which was happening on both edges, and some soft tries, uh, line breaks that were easy to come by. All of a sudden, they're four tries behind, and the game's gone on them. And that was their third game on the road in a row. Uh, that's a concern. They got another one next week. They come to Sydney to play. The Bulldogs, again, mm. I think they can probably win, but that's four weeks on the road, which hasn't been their strength. And, you know, this this uh, in and out in defence that some of these mid-table teams and some of those at the top of the table have is a real worry. And, you know, the Sharks were very similar in the last game. They led 20-2, to two, should have won that game far more resoundingly, I thought. You know, the Eagles ended up coming back with a bit of ball in the second half pick up two tries, get it to 20 to 14, attacking the game for the last 10 minutes, could nearly have gone the golden point had they scored and converted. And I just don't think the Sharks should have had a, a, a close finish to the game. They should have put it away at 20 to 2. But again, some you know, some soft edge defence. Uh, one in particular tried it, I thought, was um, very soft. You know, this in and out. Attitude is a difference between being at the top of the table or not. You know, you look at the the uh, rabbits or the panthers. You know, they're the best two in, in the competition defence-wise at the moment. But it's all about their attitude. They just work so hard in defence. Um, yeah, and I reckon that I think this with the sharks too. The difference between their good and their bad is 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 large. Like it wasn't as large yep. last year. Um, their good is really good. Like they can score from anywhere. They've got points right across the park. Uh, you know, two really, you know, their back three are really good. Um, center's solid. Yeah, but gee, there's a there's a difference between that and when they nod off, and that's sort of what happened in the second half. I think uh, one question I'd pose for you out of uh, summary of this week, Jared, how do you reckon a press conference would go if you could line up Griffin, <laughs> um, the Parramatta coach, and, um, and Seabold? Jesus, some gobbledygook in those press conferences. I mean, Mr. Parramatta coach, like he's just, uh, oh gee, he's he's on the uh, he's on the edge of like, just needs a bit of a smack around the head, doesn't he? He's whinging. He's just week in, week in whinging. Then you go to then you go to Seabold, who just talks like dead set. You you just you just don't know where he's going. He just talks absolute crap. And then you go to Griffin, who just doesn't. He, I I honestly don't think Griffin actually knows what he's saying. No, no. Oh, we'll around. go back and review it. Well, you re- review it. You've just had six losses on the in on the trot, you bloody idiot. 
I love the question about, um, you know, what are your thoughts out of this game? Well, I just like to digest it over the next couple of days. <laughs> he wants to digest. Yeah, give I us mean, a couple of days what? to digest it. Yeah, we'll digest the last three years. Fair. Well, and you're right. You're right about Seabold. Uh, he just makes it sound so complicated and. So much gobbledygook, almost like he's doing a Harvard uh, lecture. And oh. you know, I mean, the Eels are in a bit of uh, sorry, the Eagles are in a bit of trouble at the moment because they're they're dropping very quickly down the table. They're down the you know down in the the, the bottom third now, from sitting in the top of the table, uh, and that was probably um, magnified a little bit with a couple of buy, well with their buy result in it. A couple of soft wins. Well, that hasn't been the case over the last three or four weeks. And then they've got another tough game this week. A little bit of pressure and focus, I think, on Brookvale at the moment. Yeah, I'd love to see Roy and HG line all three of them up and just sit down and have a Q and I I think it'd be hilarious. Um, well, we've touched on Bellamy. I mean, that's great news for the game that Bellamy's hanging around. Uh, so that'll be, he'll be going into his 22nd year next year at the Storm. Quite amazing, isn't it? And the record that, that that guy has had since he's been there. What, what, just looking at Bellamy's record, Jared, what year do you think was probably the strongest, most dominant storm side that Bellamy's coached? Just straight off the top of your hat. Well, I guess, you know, I, I guess it's a little bit muddied by uh, the salary cap the issue. Salary, salary cap fast, uh, and issues. But I thought the way that they responded and then the year that they absolutely touched up the Cowboys going back four or five years ago. I mean, mm. I thought that they were just outstanding that year. And, um, you know, they looked all the way through the second half of that season as the absolute standout and who was going to challenge, if not beat them. And, you know, they won the grand final by the best part of 30 points. You know, they would, you know, I, I personally think that was probably his best. Yeah. the um, It's really good to see um, people that have contributed so much to the game and, uh, like Wayne Bennett and Bellamy still in the game. So I think, you know, Roy Masters' comment in that article, like, you are a long time retired. Like, it's good that he's had a, he's had a you know, he's, a, what is he, 60? He's north of 65, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, yep. so, you know, if you have a look at Wayne, well, he's, and, got and, plenty, he's got plenty what, of time. <laughs> what a match-up this week. We've actually got the Storm coming up to Brisbane to play the Dolphins. You know, Dolphins off yeah, the bye, so true. we've got... You know, Bennett and Bellamy matching up. I mean, I think the other key thing about Storm over the years is clearly the influence of guys like Frank Panisi and Paul Bunn and a couple of those others with their development pathways. I mean, you know, Trent Barron famously now discarded Nico Hines at Brookvale. Well, Nico Hines ends up in Melbourne and we know the rest of the story. I Trent Barron did, did he? I never knew that story. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah there you go. And, uh, yeah, you know, Pappenhausen... Pappenhausen was, you know, let go by the Tigers. And prior to that, he was coming through the system mm. at the Eels. Well, he ends up in Melbourne and the rest of that story we know. And there's just so many so many guys like that that we've seen that, you know, I often refer to Bellamy as a man that can turn water into wine. Well, it's so much to do with the quality of the system that Frank and others have put in place where they they can identify these, these guys. Nick Meaney's a, a current case where, you know, they pick him up on a low... Uh, a low contract, get them into their system. They think that within two or three years they can turn them into potentially a very good first grader. You know, young Wishart's down there uh, on a you know a similar path. You know, look at uh, you know Jones playing lock at the moment. You know, they're just very good at that. You know, picked up um, uh, Kyoto from uh, the Warriors. He's mm. going brilliantly on on their right edge. I mean, 
Uh, you know, the kid playing left edge back row for him at the start of the season hardly had many first grade games under him. I thought he was absolutely outstanding the other night against the Broncos. Yeah, I think the, I think the thing that it really highlights too is stability in clubs, which starts from you know, it's the old Jack Jack Gibsonism. You know, it all starts in the front office, but. Uh, you know, Paul Bunn that you just touched on, recruitment guy, he was made a life member last week. Like, he's, yep. been, he's been there forever. You know, Frank's been there for a long time, like uh, mid-2000s, obviously Bellamy. You know, it just shows you if you've got stability in the front office all the way down. Dragons, are you listening? Um, you're well, a chance. Was, you're half a chance. I was about to say, Stephen, I mean, compare the board. Let's, let's just look at the board and compare that between that and the, that at the Dragons. Then compare the executive management of CEO, football manager, you know, development pathways, all that sort of thing. You know, it's chalk and cheese. Compare it to the Tigers. Yeah. These other clubs. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So um, lots of clubs have got a lot to learn from these clubs that have long-term stability in their... You know, they're probably them and the Roosters of uh, and the Panthers of recent times are the best in the business. Well, we will try and track down uh, the great James Wood and uh, and Beric Barnes, Jared, and see if we can have a state of origin um, shootout on Thursday morning and uh, give some uh, throw up some selections. We've got to get our resident Queenslander back if I can find him in between coaching Wallabies and Knights and whatever else he's doing and uh, and uh, and line James James up to take him on. Well, a, a little early tip for you, Steve. We've already met this morning, but I am keen about the Rabbits covering the line against the Eels this okay. week. Eight and a half at the moment, and actually was six and a half a couple of hours ago. Um, I think Indigenous round, this will be the week where the, the Rabbits really aim up. Yep, okay, I like it. Righto, well, we'll dial in Thursday, and we'll uh, we'll do the preview of the weekend, and we'll touch on State of Origin. Talk to you then. How many tippers can find eight this week, eh? <laughs> what, what are you throwing out this week? There was a lot. I don't know. Of, I reckon you were nervous yesterday, Arvo. I was. I got a lot of te- I got nervous. a lot of texts from Friday, Saturday, to Sunday, Arvo, and the uh, the one that the one that got quite a few people, including Woody, was the Titans. The Titans getting beat, getting beaten. If the yeah, Titans got yes, up, well. you were in trouble, Jared. You were in trouble. Right. Absolutely, I was. I was watching the score on that game, and when the the Knights kicked away, I went, oh, I think that one helps me. <laughs> right, we'll talk first, eh? See ya. See you, mate. Don't smoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. <laughs> 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 <laughs>